Handoff, Damian Williams trying to get to the edge, breaks a tackle, 35, 30, Damian Williams, 20, stays in bounds, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Kansas City, Damian Williams runs to immortality and will be remembered forever in the Chiefs kingdom. Tiamu stays on his feet and he whistles one complete for a first down to Alonzo Russell. Good snap, good place. The kick is up. It is long enough, and it is a Missouri winner. The thicker kicker connects. I had no doubt. He's nails in practice. He's been nails all day. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the ShowMeFootball.com podcast. And today, we're going to be talking about key Chiefs free agents, Resign or let walk. So today we're going to be talking about all the Chiefs free or Chiefs players uh, who are going to be free agents in this 2021 offseason cycle. And we're just going to uh, meet. I'm joined by Connor as always, uh, but me and Connor are both going to kind of give our opinions on each player if we should uh, keep them, let them go, whatever. Uh, and we got the list in front of us. And also, Connor, I remember you saying uh, before we started recording that you were surprised by some of my answers so when we get to the player before you give your opinion i want i kind of want you to let me know which players those were that you're surprised about my answer just because i'm curious and you never told me but just keep it uh, a secret until then until we approach that player but uh yeah and uh for those of you who also subscribe to my youtube channel if you do i made a video uh, on this same exact thing but I wanted to do it again in podcast form and get Connor's thoughts as well. So, uh, Connor, are you ready to get into it? Oh, yeah. All right. So our first key free agent, uh, this is going to be Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins, an unrestricted free agent. And uh, I've honestly kind of gotten tired of going over how I think about him. So, Connor, I'm just going to let you go first. What are your thoughts on Sammy Watkins as a free agent? What do you think the Chiefs should do here? Uh, Well, Obviously, the Chiefs need to look to upgrade wide receiver, whether Sammy Watkins is on the team or not. But I feel like uh, the Chiefs are going to end up doing what I want them to do when it comes to Sammy Watkins. And I think he's going to come back on a small deal. I don't think it's going to be anything crazy. It's going to be a really, really uh, low cap hit because uh, I think he's made his money and I think he wants to continue winning. And especially with how little he played this year, I don't think he's really going to get paid anywhere, which getting paid is the only reason that he'd go anywhere else. And Veach has been very clear about how he wants to bring Sammy back because he says when Sammy's on the field, he's such a big part of the offense. And that really can't be denied, but it's more so when he's on the field. So I guess I could almost come, uh, compare it to say Josh Gordon, like Josh Gordon is always suspended, but when he's on the field, he's a great player. Same thing goes for Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins is always hurt, but when, when Sammy is on the field, uh, assuming he isn't coming off of a long injury and fatigued and being thrown out there in the Super Bowl, he's a really good player and we don't win Super Bowl 54 without him. So as long as it's a small contract, I'm good with him coming in just to be sort of that X factor who like, obviously he's not going to play the entire season, but when he's on the field, he'll help us win games. Um, I'm fine with that answer. Here's how I feel though. 
Sammy Watkins, and I said this in the video that I made earlier, I've always been a huge fan of him uh, as just a player, even before he was on the Chiefs, you know, I said it. I had a Sammy Watkins Bills background on my tablet. I know that's really random, but I was just a big Sammy Watkins fan. He was one of my favorite non-Chiefs for years. Same thing with Le'Veon Bell, which is why I was super excited when we got him. We'll get to him later. But uh, Sammy Watkins... I just think 2020 was the last straw for me. Like he just could not stay healthy. And we all talked about, you know, it doesn't matter as long as he shows up in the postseason, but then he wasn't even healthy for the postseason and didn't do anything. And for me, that was kind of the end of my love for Watkins. Not like I still don't get me wrong. I still love Watkins, but I just am done with him on this roster. Um, you know, some people have thrown around the idea of bringing him back for cheap, like three, four billion, something like that. Even for me, it's just not worth it because I just want someone new. Like, it's, it, I, I just want, like, if, okay, we talked about the idea of, like, signing maybe Marvin Jones this offseason. If that's, if that's something we want to do, just, you, you can't, you can't bring Watkins back. Uh, and, you know, that's what I want to do. So I just don't think Watkins is in the plans. It's kind of like, it's kind of like when you're in a relationship and, you know, you love this person, but it's just gotten to the point where, you know, there's nothing wrong with that person and it's been up and down, but you still love them. It, it's just that you want someone new and no, I don't speak from experience. So don't ask, but uh, that's kind of how I feel about Sammy Watkins. Okay. But what if uh, Sammy Watkins came back on a cheap contract and he wasn't expected to be the number two receiver. He wasn't expected to be the number three receiver. He was day one expected to be the fourth guy. He well, doesn't have a big workload. He's if he gets hurt, what do you fucking do? If he's <laughs> out there, then he can make an impact. Here's my problem with that. As much as I am sick of McCall Hardman, I still think he should get a chance to at least be the number three. And I feel like Sammy Watkins kind of gets in the way of that. Yeah, no, I'm done with McCall. Send him to the Jets. Hi. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we we kind of have we kind of have the same opinion just on uh, different receivers. Like you kind of feel like how I feel about Sammy, but about McColl. So that's understandable. But yeah, I mean, it. I wouldn't went, hate him if it wasn't for his special teams, but they insist on putting his trash ass out there for his special teams, and he's not a good receiver either. He could be a good receiver, but he's an active detriment on special teams. So get him off the roster. I'm, we're going to touch on him a little bit later when we get to another free agent on this list, but uh, we're going to move on for now. So next is uh, Dan Sorensen. I'm going to ask now, is this one of the answers that you were surprised by? Yes. On my YouTube? Okay. I understand that because I love Dan Sorensen. I love the dude. I said it in my video. I, I, you know, he, he gets hate when I feel like it's unwarranted. Yes, he's deficient in coverage. He's not the greatest cover guy. But hey, maybe the coaching staff should stop putting him in coverage. Honestly, like I'd be fine if they just like said the dude was a linebacker from now on, a dime linebacker. He's great from the line of scrimmage to about 10 yards out. Uh, really good blitzer, like I said. I just think he's getting a little bit up there in age. And if he wants what he's still currently making, which is $4 million, I just think we can upgrade in the draft. So I wouldn't hate if we let him walk, assuming we got someone like Paris Ford, who we had in our little mock draft that we did, or just someone like that in the draft. Like I wouldn't, I, I think it's a loss that we can survive, but what do you think? 
Well, I'm not going to deny anything you said, but I feel like this team has a lot of problems outside of safety that I'd like to see them address. And uh, I've been happy with Dan. You know, he's he's very much a one-trick pony. Uh, he's great blitzing, and he is meh everywhere else. He's who you'd expect a white safety to be, basically. Uh, he'll get lucky with an interception like he did in Mexico. I mean, would you consider that last year or the year before last? I don't know. Last time we played in Mexico. Uh, but he he is what he is, you know. And uh, like before the Super Bowl, you talked about uh, our amazing ability to blitz with Tyron, uh, Dan, and uh, Sneed. You know, it'd be one thing if Dan was going to price himself out of Kansas City, but I could very easily see him taking the minimum. You know, he's a family guy who's uh, still around here. And I'm going to say something that's probably going to become a, a trend throughout the video. He's the type of guy who I think... Uh, I'd want to bring back uh, for at least preseason. And if we have somebody better on roster after preseason, then we can let him go. But at least have him on the team until uh, we have a better alternative. Uh, so, yeah, just give him a small one-year deal. So, basically, give him his spot until someone takes it from him. Basically. Okay. Yeah, I can agree with that for sure. Yeah, it's just, I, and I totally get what you're saying about having other needs and stuff. I feel like we can find a higher upside guy in the draft. It just kind of depends on how the board falls and where our needs are at. And honestly, what kind of compensatory picks we get that could possibly contribute towards that uh, replacement for Dan. But yeah, uh, I can agree. Next, we got uh, Bashad Breeland, another one who I've just kind of talked about a lot and just would kind of like to hear. I, I, I'm going to ask this again. Is this one of the ones that you were surprised by my answer again? Going to be real. I don't remember your answer. On okay. This. Well, anyways, I, I was going to let you go first anyway, so go ahead. Uh, to me, Bashad Breeland is the type of guy who you want to be your number two corner. Uh, we've been very vocal on here about how, well, at least I have about uh, that my expectation is to bring in Patrick Peterson in free agency. You know, Tyron's been a pretty good recruiter when it comes to free agency in recent memory. And, you know, they're best friends. And uh, Patrick's probably not going to want a lot of money. He hasn't won a Super Bowl in his career. And there's been mutual interest for years. So that just makes sense. So I expect Pat Pete to be our number one corner. And I feel very, very comfortable with Bashad Breland as our number two. Uh, you know, he's one of those corners that like Tony Romo was talking about in the Super Bowl, that what he does is he kind of holds and tries to get away with it. Uh, I don't remember if it was when we were just talking or if we recorded it, but I said that's kind of like how Orlando Scandrick was. Uh, Orlando Scandrick would just hold and hope for the best, hope he doesn't get caught. Uh, obviously, Breland's a lot better player than that. Uh, so I understand like the frustration with him with the holding but I think that he's still a very good player and I want him back uh, unless we end up with somebody better than him on the roster. So yeah, give him his spot until someone takes him. Yep. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty much the same. <clears throat> my thoughts, excuse me. My thoughts with uh, Bashad Breland are, 
He's pretty solid. You mentioned like he had, he struggled with holding, but outside of that, he's been pretty good. Uh, I was ecstatic when we brought him in because I really wanted him in 2018. And quite frankly, if we sign him in 2018, uh, I think we may have won the Super Bowl. But uh, you know, I've always I've always liked him, but you know, he's getting up there a little bit. Probably going to be 30 pretty soon. Uh, he would just have to come back at a lower number, I think, and I think. Quite honestly, we were lucky to get them back at the number we did this past season. So it would take a lot to go right for him to come back. But if he's if he leaves, like I trust in the front office to find a good replacement for him. Like there's other veteran free agents out there that can give you similar to what Breland gave you. I mean, yeah, I can't really disagree with that. Uh, but. I think the I think we have Fenton and Sneed under contract for next year. And yeah. if those two are starting corners next year, I feel fine with it. And we're probably going to sign a new corner in the free in free agency or either or pick one up in the draft. So like I'd like to have Breland back, but if uh, assuming the new guy is good, if our starting corners are Fenton, Sneed, and Mystery Guy. Uh, I, I'm fine with that. You know, I feel like Fenton could probably take over for Breland if he really needed to. I like Fenton. You know, honestly, now that we're talking about it and I'm thinking about it and looking at how much Breland made this year, which was $3 million. Um, it, like, okay, so we talk about the Chiefs potentially signing Patrick Peterson this offseason. Like, what do you think it's a done one year, 3 million. So about what Bashad is making right now, like the chiefs could potentially upgrade there. And with the salary cap, there's been a lot of talk around the league about really good players signing one year deals and stuff like that for contenders. Uh, that kind of screams Patrick Peterson to me. Uh, now that I'm just looking at it and thinking about it. Uh, what do you think? I mean, like that, that's your new, or that's your new corner right there. And then we also talk about like, maybe drafting a safety if that's true and they replace dan well then i could trust whatever safety we draft to maybe play in a three safety set and then you got you know your one or two corners out on the field we but, basically already do yeah. with the snaps that Sorensen gets sneed plays a lot of safety fuller played a lot of safety towards the end of his tenure here we basically run three safeties so. yeah definitely so uh anyways moving on alex okafor uh, I'll go first uh, once again. Uh, his contract was voided. I talked about that in my YouTube video, which I feel like is a pretty good indicator that the Chiefs are ready to move on. He only played 26% of all the snaps this year, struggled to stay healthy, uh, kind of regressed from last year, not all that impressive. And uh, Nate Taylor, the athletic, reported that the Chiefs want to upgrade at the other defensive end spot. And obviously, if they're going to do that, they're not going to bring Okafor back and they're going to take the three million they were going to pay Okafor and keep it or however much it was around three million. So that's pretty much how I feel. What about you? I mean, yeah, it's pretty. I don't think there's really a lot of predictions or opinion to have on Okafor, given the fact that we know he's gone. But I will say I enjoyed Okafor's time in Kansas City uh, last year. In, uh, I thought our two best defensive ends were Okafor and Agba. Obviously, they both got hurt. But uh, I feel like Okafor was kind of overshadowed by Agba 
last year, and I thought Okafor was really solid last year. And, I mean, it sucks to see him go, but he'll probably go back to New Orleans if we're being real, which I think that's where he belongs anyway. So Yeah, I, I, I and I agree with you. He was impressive in 2019. I liked him a lot. It sucks that it didn't work out, but I just don't see a whole lot of incentive to keep him around much longer. So, uh, anyways, next one, we got linebacker Damian Wilson. I also said this in my YouTube video. This dude is the definition of solid. If you flip to solid in the dictionary, you're going to see a picture of Damian Wilson. Um, not super great in coverage, but a solid tackler, uh, knows the system, good rotational linebacker. I don't think much more needs to be said. If they can get him at around the same number or less that he was already making, uh, this is a no-brainer. Bring him back. Oh, yeah. Damian Wilson is a really good player. You know, if you need a linebacker, Damian Wilson is your guy. Like, uh, I don't think Damian Wilson is uh, exactly – like a top tier linebacker, but he's kind of in that tier where uh, he's a fringe starter that you'd feel comfortable with. Like if Damian Wilson's a starter on your team, you might want to look at linebacker, but you don't have to because he's just a really, he's a good player. And uh, I saw some moron on Instagram. Uh, it was either Instagram or Twitter. I don't know. They're Instagram's slightly dumber, but yeah, that's not saying much. But um, trying to justify Clark's contract by saying that uh, Damian Wilson's going to be gone. Why the hell would you want Damian Wilson to be gone? Like, Damian Wilson is kind of... For the record, I'd rather Damian Wilson play edge than Frank. Yeah. Damian Wilson is one of those players, like him and Mike Pinnell, who we'll talk about later. Those are two players who uh, you can really tell if someone's a casual based on their opinion on those players. Like, because any like diehard fan uh, would know who Damian Wilson and Pinnell are and that they're both good players. And ironically, I think they're actually really good friends. But yeah, yeah, they're both really good contributors. And, you know, your average person who owns no Chiefs gear except for a white Mahomes jersey uh, would have no idea who either of them are. Yeah. Yeah, agree on everything. Uh, Next, we got. Demarcus Robinson, wide receiver, currently making two million over two million dollars. Uh, I am ready to move on. Uh, I think that's all that needs to be said about him. Uh, I just don't really. I mean, I, you know, I've liked him for the last few years, and he has a good relationship with Mahomes, and he was solid, but he's slowly become more and more disliked because of his constant boneheaded decisions. I think the dude's been hanging out with Nicole too much, but yeah, uh, I'm, this is one I'm just kind of ready to move on. Okay. Would you rather have D Rob or Dieter? D Rob. Okay. That's my thoughts on D Rob, but I will uh, say I'd rather have Pringle over both of them. I don't like Pringle as a receiver. I like him as a special teamer, but I don't like him as a receiver. I'm not crazy about him. But D-Rob, to me, D-Rob caught a lot of shit this year, and justifiably so. But, again, I'm probably going to say this a lot. Uh, have uh, let, someone, let him defend his spot is the best way I can describe my thoughts on D-Rob. If you can get a late uh, receiver – in the draft or late in free agency who can come in and be better than D Rob. So be it. But until then, 
just have D-Rob on the minimum because let's be real, who's really going to sign D-Rob? So rather than just having him rot in free agency, just sign him on the veteran minimum. Worst case scenario, you just cut him and you're rid of it. You know? Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I've got to say I would rather just move on from him, but the Chiefs tend to keep players like Robinson around. So we, I wouldn't be surprised. Dieter for five years. We'll, we'll get to Dieter, so calm down. We will get to Dieter, don't worry. Uh, he has like the second lowest snaps played among all the people in this list, basically. Uh, but uh, next, we got Austin Ryder. Uh, so this is, I said this uh, earlier when I made the other video, like Ryder, not impressed with him as a center. Uh, I think he's an overrated pass blocker, even though he had solid pass blocking numbers this year. Not a great run blocker. Only making over $2 million. I'd be okay bringing him back for $2 million or under if he's okay with being a backup, but done with him as a starter for sure. But I also wouldn't mind if he walks altogether. Ryder can kick rocks. He's been awful since he got the starting job uh, when we let Mitch Morse walk. I won't... <laughs> I'll gladly take any center in the NFL not named Cam Irving over Austin Ryder. I hate Austin Ryder. He can kick rocks. Go block for Brady in Tampa. All right. I guess that's, uh, I, that, that sums up that one. Next, we got Anthony Sherman uh, said this as well. Uh, I'll say basically the same thing here. He's been playing on a series of one-year deals over the past several years, bringing back for one year, $1 million. And I think, you know, that's pretty much like the safest bet on this entire list. As long as Dave Tobes here, Anthony Sherman's going to be back on a one-year contract because Anthony is just a key special teamer. Uh, he hasn't gotten many snaps in the offense period, but uh, great. Gla- for next to nothing why not yeah basically uh next we got uh, hold on before we move on i just can't help but say i really wish they would use sherman in the offense more but he's made an impact since uh or when he gets in yeah i mean and uh, did you see him in the pro bowl what was it like two years ago like why doesn't this dude see the should have gotten more? MVP? They gave it to Mahomes for some stupid reason. I have his Pro Bowl jersey signed by him framed in my room. Yeah, uh, I think he like shared it with Jamal Adams or something like that. Yeah, it was gonna... stupid. It should have been Sherman. Yeah, anyways, just, that year was the year of Mahomes, and they just gave everything to him. So, yeah, makes sense. Whatever. Uh, anyways, Mike Remmers up next. Uh, I said this, I'm going to say this like the entire thing, as I said uh, in my YouTube video, Uh, but I said this in my YouTube video, Uh, Mike Remmers, he's kind of gotten a spike in hate since the Super Bowl, because now everyone's using the Super Bowl against him. I get it. He had a rough Super Bowl, but, you know, he was asked to do something he was not supposed to do. He did not sign up for. Uh, He filled in admirably at right tackle after he had to step in for Mitchell Schwartz after he got hurt. And was pretty impressive, but you know, yeah. Again, he had a rough Super Bowl, but he's still a really solid backup. Like he was signed here to be a backup swingman offensive lineman that can play basically anywhere along the line, and he eventually became the starter out of necessity. But I don't get the hate. I mean, I'd gladly bring him back. Here's the thing with Remmers. 
he was what I thought he was going to be. And that includes him melting down in the Super Bowl. I tried to deny it, but I mean, everyone remembers what happened with him in Super Bowl 50. And, you know, he was deaf. He came in to replace Cam Irving, right? Cam Irving was god awful. I genuinely think that I would be a better right tackle or just any position that Cam Irving played than Cam Irving. Cam Irving was so bad. And Remmers was a really good fill-in for Mitchell Schwartz. Like, he's not a guy you want to be your starting right tackle, but he's a good backup. The problem is people will associate that Super Bowl loss with him, so I don't think you can bring him back. But as long as he doesn't play on the left side, I'm all for bringing him back, but I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, next, we got left guard Kalichi Osemele. Uh, Calicio Semele, I'll say, really like the dude, was a great free agent signing late in the process after LDT opted out. However, there was a reason he was still available. It's because he struggled to stay healthy throughout his career. The reason he was released from the Jets the season prior was because of an injury dispute. He got injured in Kansas City again, snapped tendons in both knees. Uh, I honestly think the Chiefs should just go with someone younger. And, uh, you know, I really enjoyed Osemele, but. I think they shouldn't move on here. And honestly, Osemele might just retire this offseason. That's one of the answers that I alluded to that surprised me, honestly. Yeah, I can uh, see why. Again, uh, Osemele is one of the guys I want back until we can prove that we upgraded. Uh, I don't really see Osemele having a market this offseason unless some team is just desperate for a left guard. I mean, we are, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. but maybe like get a late round flyer, like a new Nick Algaretti uh, and just uh, have him waiting in the wings for when assembly goes down. Maybe he goes down. Maybe he doesn't, but just be prepared for him to go down. And if he doesn't go down, he was really, really good when he played for us. So why not? You know, if he's cheap, he's good. Why not? Yeah, that makes sense. I would just prefer that they get someone newer and younger, but I can understand the thought process of wanting to bring him back. Totally. Uh, next one, though, we got Tano Passanio. Uh, Tano really had really took a massive stride in 2019 to become a serviceable player after looking like a bust, but this year he kind of regressed back a little bit. I think he topped out. Uh, I think there's an upgrade to be made here. And Taco Charlton, who we'll get into a little bit later, I think he'll. I think the Chiefs will bring him back, and essentially he'll replace Tano in the rotation, and the Chiefs will move on from Tano. If I was Brett Veach, my plan for Tano would be... Uh, Bring him back really cheap, and then cut him after preseason. I want to see Tano get snaps, but yeah, I think his time in Kansas City is done. But give him some snaps in preseason. If he gets a couple of sacks, he can stick around, but it doesn't look good. And once again, I don't think there's going to be really a market for him. So what's the harm in bringing him back for next to nothing to – uh? hang out in camp and play some preseason snaps. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. He's someone that 
I he screams someone who could be sitting around around midseason by the time the Chiefs might have a couple injuries and need a defensive lineman and Tano's just sitting around the Chiefs are like, hey, want to come back? Oh yeah, without a doubt. But, I like him. Yeah, no, I I love him too. Yeah, I, I love him as well, and I really, really wanted it to work out, but I think I think the Chiefs are probably going to move on, but you never know what could happen later on. Uh, next up, we got Stefan Wisniewski. Um, Wisniewski, you know, really solid, really good backup. Uh, I'd be willing to bring him back as a backup, maybe for cheaper uh, or around what he played on this year. But I got to say, I think with the Chiefs just wanting to do a total makeover of the offensive line with Snooski probably just might not be in the plans. Well, here's the thing with Wisniewski. He was retired when we signed him uh, to go on that Super Bowl 54 run. But uh, I think it was his connection with Andy Reid that was able to uh, convince him to come out of retirement. Yeah. And then he was going to retire again, but the Steelers called him and they're like, uh, hey, man, we need some protection for Big Ben. And because he grew up a Steelers fan, that's the only reason he played this year. And then they ironically cut both him and Dustin Colquitt at the same time. And we're like, hey, assembly just went down. You want to come do the same exact thing you did last year? And that's what he did. So, I mean, I could see, like, maybe, uh, I don't know, Wiley's leg snaps in half next year, and we call uh, Wisniewski up again, in which I'd be all for that. But I think Wisniewski's done. He's tried to retire twice. And, uh, yeah, I just think he's going to go right off into the sunset with his two Super Bowl rings and the knowledge that he played for his uh, childhood team. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, next up, we got Daniel Kilgore. Uh, this is a guy that, you know, I said it in my YouTube video. Uh, I thought he was better than Ryder when he played, but the coaching staff didn't intend to agree with me. Uh, but he is 34 now, uh, going on 35, and he may be a retirement candidate. But if he's not, I'd be all for bringing him back as a backup once again this season. Yeah, if he's the number two center, I feel really good as long as the number one center is an Austin Ryder. I yeah. was a big fan of Kilgore, and the line was a lot better when he was there. So, For sure. Uh, that one was pretty easy to answer. Uh, next, we got Antonio Hamilton. Uh, he's like a fourth or fifth string cornerback that played on a one-year deal but really is more here for his special teams contributions. You know, I always compared him to Jordan Lucas. He basically replaced Jordan Lucas on special teams. That's what he is, a special teams ace. Not really supposed to be playing major snaps at cornerback. Uh, and so as long as it stays that way and he comes back as a special teams player, I'm fine with having him on the roster. Nah, screw that. He can kick rocks. He ended up playing significant time at corner, and he was a complete liability. Give me a special teams corner who can actually con- – uh, give me a special teams player who can actually contribute when he's inevitably going to be forced out on the field. He was a complete liability, and I wasn't really seeing Antonio Hamilton special teams highlights. So, no, he can join Ryder in kicking rocks. Well, I will say a lot of that is just due to the fact that Breland was suspended and Sneed got hurt. Uh, so that just like put us in a really bad spot. 
But uh, now that you mention it, I mean, we do have Bo Peep Keys waiting in the wings. He can't be much worse. So, yeah. It's something I say on Twitter all the time. If your depth sucks, you don't have depth. Therefore, uh, just having Antonio Hamilton be a body at corner is stupid. Get a backup corner who can not only contribute on special teams, but also isn't a complete liability. I'm not asking to replace Antonio Hamilton with Richard Sherman. I'm just asking to replace Antonio Hamilton with someone who has a basic fundamental understanding of how to play the cornerback position. All right. Fair enough. Um, next, we got Mike Pinnell, uh, interior defensive lineman. Huge fan of Mike Pinnell, the player and the person. He's from around the area. However, only played just under 30% of the snaps this season. Uh, and the reason I say I think that she should move on is because they have Colin Saunders currently, and he was inactive the entire year. And I think if there's any chance he gets in the rotation, it's if he replaces someone like Pinnell, who is bound to leave this offseason. Colin Saunders is a little bit cheaper than Mike Pinnell. And uh, I just, I, you know, I just think it's time for the Chiefs to part ways. Not that I have anything against Pinnell, not that he necessarily sucked or anything, but just that. I would like to give our younger guys a shot like Colin Saunders. And I think Colin Saunders still has some upside. You know, I talked about him, you know, there's a chance maybe he doesn't even make the roster next season, but I guess this is one of the ones where you say, you know, uh, just give them their spot until someone takes it. No, I actually really like Mike Pinnell. And if Colin Saunders is going to prevent Mike Pinnell from being on the roster next season, he can join Hamilton and Ryder in the rock kicking. <laughs> All right. Well, that, that's fair too. I mean, I, I, you know, this one could go either way. This is a true, this truly is like a 50, 50. Like if he gets brought back, I'm not going to be surprised. I'm not going to be upset, but if he doesn't like not the end of the world, whatever. Um, uh, anything else to add to that one? Nah. All right. So that, you know, brings us up to my favorite one to talk about, uh, Le'Veon Bell. So Le'Veon Bell, you know, I said this in my YouTube video as well, and I've said it over and over again, even wrote an article about it. Le'Veon Bell is someone who got a lot of unwarranted hate from Chiefs fans this past season. Uh, this guy was really... I, Chiefs fans have a clouded perception of Bell's ability now. And, you know, there's a bunch of Chiefs fans out there saying Bell is washed up and that he sucks. I'm not sure we were watching the same games. Le'Veon Bell was really effective with the ball. It's just the problem was, was they never gave him the ball. And I wrote about this, about how he was never even targeted more than three times in a game, like at all in the receiving game when he is a truly great receiving back and was averaging 9.6 yards per reception, the best of any running back on our roster. And there was like a couple games where he had to have like one reception go for almost 20 yards. And then the chiefs would just stop going to him, which makes absolutely zero sense. And, you know, there's a lot of Clyde Edwards Hilaire apologists out there because of our offensive line run blocking saying, just wait till we get a real offensive line. But don't you think Le'Veon Bell would have benefited from a great offensive line too, especially with his patient running style. It's not his fault. The chiefs offensive line couldn't block for him um you know bell still had a higher yards per carry than clyde edwards hilaire in four of seven games like he was pretty good i just he never got a chance and the saddest part is how uh he got injured right before the postseason wasn't able to play until the super bowl 
And then in the Super Bowl, he was active, but he didn't get a single snap, despite the fact that one of his better games in the regular season was against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And uh, with his receiving ability, he didn't even get put in the game. And then what really made me mad was that one play where Mahomes had the amazing throw where he was parallel to the ground and Daryl Williams dropped the ball. Uh, Le'Veon Bell doesn't drop that ball and that really pissed me off and I feel bad for him uh, I think this is someone the Chiefs are going to move on from this offseason but I kindly disagree I feel horrible for Le'Veon he's gotten such a bad reputation and the general consensus around him is that he's washed when that's just not true you know you kind of touched on it, but the reason Le'Veon was so good in Pittsburgh was he wasn't like a home run hitter like uh, Kareem Hunt. He wasn't a power back who would just like truck everyone like Derrick Henry. He wasn't like one of those gadgety guys like Christian McCaffrey who can really do it all. He was, uh, you talked about his pass catching ability, but what made him so deadly on the ground was just his patient running and you need a really good offensive line to do that and it's kind of one of those situations where uh he needed Pittsburgh as much as Pittsburgh needed him James Conner has been solid but they're kind of like to me Le'Veon and Pittsburgh are kind of almost like uh a sitcom couple if that makes sense You know, the entire show, it's just about will they, won't they, oh, they're together, and then they break up, that type of thing. And I just feel like they both need each other. You know, the Steelers have uh, running back as one of their needs going into this offseason. So I really hope for the sake of Le'Veon that he returns and he actually has a decent line that will allow him to play to the best of his ability. Because in Kansas City, you have to play like Kareem Hunt to score. And Le'Veon is a great player, but he's not Kareem Hunt. That being said, I feel like Le'Veon's going to be one of those running backs that just like sits for a long time in free agency, like we saw Devontae Freeman do this past offseason. Didn't get a job until Saquon got hurt. And if Le'Veon is in that position where we're nearing training camp and he still doesn't have a job, I want to bring him back. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, like I said, Livion Bell has been one of my favorite non-Chiefs for years. Was so excited when we got him. And I'm really disappointed in the way the staff used him. I really am. Uh, you know, a lot of times people, you know, frown upon uh, disagreeing with the head coach. But I, I, I think this was malpractice by the coaching staff, not using him better. And, uh, you know... The bright side of Le'Veon Bell departing is uh, you'd be getting Damian Williams back. And I'm a huge Damian Williams fan. And there's not room for everybody. So I'm fine. I, I'm It's fine. Like, I'd rather Le'Veon Bell move on and go to a team that will use him right because I just care about him that much. Yeah. So that's about all I got to say for Bell. Uh, next up, we got Ricky Seals-Jones. This one's real quick. Failed free agent signing. Move on. I mean, I have nothing against Ricky, but like he just didn't do anything, so there's no reason to bring him back. At all. Played less than 1% of the snaps, and he was like 
supposed to be some big underrated addition, but whatever. Uh, next, we got Taco Charlton. Uh, we already touched on him a little bit earlier. Could potentially be the answer at the other edge spot. Was really productive in limited snaps this past season before breaking his leg. Really love Taco, and I think the team will bring him back. I swear to God, if he ends up like another Emmanuel Agba, I think he'll have a lower price tag than Agba, but he needs to come back. He was really impressive when he was on the field this year. So maybe still look for a, a defensive end. But the Chiefs have had a lot of pass rushers on roster at once. There is no reason not to bring Taco back cheap and just be a rotational pass rusher because unlike his Michigan buddy, Frank Clark, he's proven he can get to the quarterback. I'm pretty sure he had a higher pressure rate than Clark whenever he was on the field. Wouldn't shock me. In fact, I'd bet on it. Yeah, so that one's pretty easy. Next, we got Andrew Wiley. Andrew Wiley. Rocks next. I, well, I, I don't necessarily disagree. However, I will say he's a restricted free agent. Only played for seven hundred fifty thousand. Maybe place a tender on him. See if anyone maybe takes the bait and signs, and then you get a draft pick out of it. Or honestly, bringing him back at that price again, but as a backup, not a starter. I'm fine with that, but don't care if he leaves either. Next, we got our boy, Dion Yelder. And I said this earlier on. I've said a lot. Uh, Dion Yelder is someone Chiefs fans don't talk about enough. Uh, he's been really impressive whenever he's gotten the ball. It's just the problem is they haven't featured him very well or very much. And I think that just has that just speaks to, you know, all the other great playmakers we have on roster. But like I remember in the Lions game last year, they threw to him like three straight times and he caught every single time and ended up helping us score on like the first drive of the game. I really like Dion Yelder. I don't mind bringing him back at all. Um, I'm a Yelder guy. How about you? I mean, my thoughts are almost identical. I thought he should have gotten more snaps this year than he did. And uh, what I want for Yelder is I want him to be that third tight end. Uh, I'd like to address tight end late in the draft, like fifth round pick or below. Uh, just get a high upside tight end who can play behind Kelsey and maybe make some plays if he has to. And then have Dion Yelder just be there for insurance in case that guy sucks. Definitely. Um Next we got. <sighs> next we got. Do you have Ga to talk about this one? Yes, we do. <laughs> we have Gary Dieter. Uh, I'm gonna say what I've been saying about Dieter. Uh, I don't understand why they keep messing around with him. He's been cut and brought back like nine times, and no team has picked him up, even though they had the chance. And I think that's telling. I think his relationship with the team is the only thing keeping him here at this point. Yeah, it was fun to like him when he first got here, but now it's just... No, it wasn't. He sucked. It's <laughs> He's not good. It's grown old. It's grown old. Uh, I think I'm ready to move on. He can kick boulders. <laughs> wow, not rocks, but boulders. I hate him. Chiefs fans are so annoying. I've literally had Chiefs fans compare him to Julian Edelman to me. First of all, that's racist. Second of all, really? You think after five years, he's miraculously going to turn into something? Like, no, dude. he's He's been here for five years. Let him go. Definitely. Uh, and, heck, Dieter could even kick barrels because that's what we're talking about next. My guy, Daryl the Barrel, 
Uh, I think this is a no-brainer to bring back. Uh, he really came on at the end of the season. He's a good change of pace back. Um, he's more of that bruising physical runner guy you can use at the goal line. Really like him. What do you think? If other GMs are smart, Kansas City doesn't get a shot at him. He's, he played so good. And uh, he played so good for a UDFA uh, in place of Clyde, and I could very easily see the Dolphins uh, bringing him in as an insurance policy in case they can't get, I don't know, like Najee Harris or something in the draft. Because, uh, you know, the Dolphins have had eyes on our running backs before with DeAndre Washington. Uh, they traded for him. How? Yeah, so I feel like either Daryl or Le'Veon are probably going to be Dolphins next year um, just because of that weird move. But, yeah, I think that uh, Daryl could very easily get a contract from some team. Maybe last time Nags was here or something, maybe he wants him up in Chicago. But, uh if we can bring Daryl back 100% do it, I like him better than Claude. All right. Well, that makes sense. Uh, next, we got Ben Demon. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and ask you now, is this one of the answers you were surprised by? I don't remember this one either. Okay. So I'll basically just repeat what I said. Um, ben Neiman, I'm not a fan of Neiman. However, uh, I think just given our thin linebacker core he's cheap he knows the defense and as long as he's not playing major snaps like this past season and you find someone to kind of take away some of his snaps to the point where he's not playing almost half the snaps on defense maybe willie gay develops a little bit more and ends up taking most of ben even snaps away and you just keep ben even as a special teams player I'm I can't say I'm opposed to just bringing him back just as, you know, insurance because it it's just linebacker is a spot we're hurting at right now and I'd rather just keep a guy that you know you know what he is and I, it's just it, it's weird it's hard to explain like I just feel like there's just something telling me that we shouldn't let him go not because he's good but just because I'm that worried about our linebacker depth. Yeah, I mean uh, we've. I think we talked about it last off season. Kale Garrett's better. What's Kale Garrett up to nowadays? Bring him in. I don't think that it's tough to get a better linebacker than Neiman. So I understand your concern with being thin at linebacker, but I don't think it's hard to upgrade. Yeah, I agree with that. This is just assuming that we don't. That you know we don't find anyone else like. I, like I, like you could bring Ben Neiman back. Like, look, he's only making five hundred thousand. You could just end up cutting him and releasing him later on, if you find someone better. But uh, I think I think I think a lot of people will understand my logic on that one. Next one, we got Charvarius Ward. I've said time and time again, I think they're going to put a tender on Ward, uh, probably for a second or third round. Meaning, if someone signs him, they would get the the Chiefs would get a pick from the round that we tender him with, um, which. I'd be damn happy if someone gave us a second or third round pick for Ward. Uh, I I'm happy with them finding a higher upside guy uh, that is better than Ward. Traverius Ward, you know, people that have been following us for following us for a while, they know how we feel about him. Uh, you know, I think 
he topped out. Uh, I think the Chiefs tried to make him a one or a two cornerback when realistically he's a three or a four at best. Um, you know, he flashes at times, and then there's other times where it's like, man, this guy's awful. I want him off my team. Uh, I think the Chiefs could definitely upgrade here, but, um, you know, he's so cheap that just having him as cornerback depth isn't the worst thing. I mean, he can join the other guys I mentioned in the rock kicking. I hate him. I figured and you were going to say that. I'm going to be pissed if he's back on the team in any capacity. Uh, I My prediction for Ward is that he's going to end up like Kendall Fuller, where he's a bad cornerback that I despise, yet Chiefs fans find some reason to like him, and he's going to get some weird contract from a team desperate for corners. Maybe, I don't know, the Texans. Uh, I could see Ward on the Texans or just something. I feel like some team's going to offer him a deal and I'm going to be pissed if we match it. I think you're going to be pissed this off season. Um, par for the course. Well, uh, next we got Byron Pringle. Uh, I'll tell you're you. You're just not. skipping my man, Alex Brown. Yes. We're skipping Alex Brown. I'm not going over the ERFAs. Uh, Anyways, <laughs> what the what the hell did he even say about Alex Brown? What did he, he didn't do anything? Has he even played? Nah, I think when he tore was his last time he was on the field. I think he tore his ACL this offseason. He was supposed to be I think he was kind of supposed to be in the ant- competing for the Antonio Hamilton role but tore his ACL. Wasn't but, he like didn't he like start a game uh in uh before Super Bowl 53 that season? I feel like uh, he started against the Patriots or something, but I might be wrong. Um, you might be right. I know he played. I don't think he started, but I know he played in a game or two. Uh, but I'm gonna go ahead and move on to Byron Pringle. Uh, Byron Pringle. I said I would uh talk about this later when we got to Byron Pringle. Uh, when we were mentioning McCall Hardman, it's kind of sad when a UDFA like Byron Pringle, you know frequently outperformed your second year top 100 draft pick in McCall Hardman, but he did. Byron was by far a better returner. Uh, He was a better receiver uh, at times. And he's someone that, you know, you you don't have to be worried when he's on the field. And I think he would be solid to bring back. And I also wouldn't be surprised if other teams showed interest, you know, like I don't think he has a super high ceiling as a receiver, but you know, he's not horrible. I don't like Pringle as a receiver. I used to just hate Pringle, period. He used to be like Dieter level on my shit list. But uh, Pringle's grown on me as a special teamer. Like, he's fine as a receiver. To me, he's almost like you were talking about Antonio Hamilton as a corner. Like, to me, he's strictly a special teamer. But if we are just screwed at wide receiver, he can line up there and make a couple plays, but I wouldn't feel comfortable with Byron Pringle as our wide receiver three, nor should I think anybody would be. Oh, you'd be uh, surprised but... how many Chiefs fans are uh, open to the idea of him being our new wide receiver three, and even some Facebookers are saying he should be wide receiver two. Oh, yeah, like Charvarius Ward, DPOY. Yeah, <laughs> those people, I really value their opinion. You know, the same. Pe- these are the same people who think that Garrett Dieter is going to turn into Julian Edelman, and these are the same people who think Frank Clark is on par with Aaron Donald. I don't value these people's opinion at all. 
Pretty much. I agree. Uh, anything else to be said about Pringle? I have a All lot right. to be said about this last one, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'll let you go first, then. Go ahead. I got banned on Twitter because I called this guy a bum-ass cracker. Because he is. Uh, I hate Nick Kaiser. I, I don't know why he's on the team. He was advertised as by these moron Chiefs fans as this Swiss Army knife of the offense. And he sucks. He's not good at the game of football. You know that Stephen A. Smith, Kwame Brown speech? That can be applied to Nick Kaiser. He is awful. I don't know how anybody ever had optimism to this guy. Like, he was just terrible this year. I remember before the season, all the Chiefs beat reporters were talking about him lining up at wide receiver, not wide receiver, tight end one while Travis Kelsey was out, uh, or just like, whenever Travis Kelsey was getting rest, like Nick Kaiser was getting all these like backup tight end snaps basically. And they were talking him up really well. Like this guy's had a really good off season. I was like, huh, interesting. Well, let's see what the dude's got. And he played and he sucked and I did not enjoy it. And I really hope they don't bring him back. He's terrible. He was a complete liability every time the ball was thrown his way, which thankfully Andy Reid doesn't run a two tight end set. Because if he did, we'd probably have like two more losses at least on the year. Just because he's just so bad. You might as well not even have another tight end out there if you're planning on having him run a route. Yeah, I agree. I think that's all that needs to be said about him. I don't like Nick. What does he do that Jody Forston can't? Put Jody Forston at tight end too. I want to see that. Yeah, for sure. And oh, I forgot to mention this when we were talking about Dieter. It really pissed me off how for all the COVID call-ups that they did this year, Dieter was always like the first guy they'd bring up. Like Eric Dieter is getting the call-up for this game. And it's like, why? He brings nothing to the table. We know what he is at this point. You're just going to activate him only for him to not play at all. Uh, Jody Fortson has actual upside, actual talent. He's got, he's got size, strength, Physical ability. I love Jody Fortson. Hope he gets a shot. He can line up at tight end or wide receiver. Really hope the Chiefs do something with him uh, this next season. Uh, really good developmental prospect. So, yeah. You know how when you're playing Madden, like the bottom of the roster guys don't really matter. So you'll just pick like guys you liked in college or just like funny players that you just want on the team or something like that. Yeah. That's how I think Veach views Derek Dieter. Like, he brings nothing to the table. <laughs> he's still always on the team. And I know his wife criticized me for saying he's only on the team because he's friends with Mahomes, but it's true. Yeah, I just don't understand the whole obsession with him. But I totally get the analogy you're talking about when you're just looking for players. It's just because he's in that inner circle. He's in that inner circle with Tyreek, Travis, and Patrick. You know, Tyreek posted a vlog of their uh, Halloween party with that inner circle of elite Chiefs players, and for some reason, Garrett Dieter was in it. I remember, like, seeing there was an inner circle of top NBA players. Uh, I can't remember who it was. I think it was, like, LeBron, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, and, like, Tristan Thompson. You know, Garrett Dieter would be – Tristan Thompson in that group. That's kind of what it reminded me of. Like, what is, why is Tristan Thompson hanging out with these top NBA players? It's just like, why is Garrett Deer here with the best players on the Chiefs? He sucks. He's nowhere near these guys' level. 
And the only reason he's on the team is because, you know, he's friends with them. The only time I ever like saw any uh, like positive post about Garrett Gator that wasn't people talking about either his potential or just any of the other bullcrap reasons for justifying his spot on the team was he did a touchdown dance in practice. What did he do? I don't care. Like, that's the only clip of 2021 Garrett Gator that there is. Or 2020. I guess. Whatever. Uh, yeah, I got no argument to that. I think that's pretty oh, much I'm it. I'm sorry. I think he made one catch in week 17 for like two yards. Whoop de doo in a game that we've basically forfeited. <laughs> yeah. Good job, uh, Garrett. You're really justifying an extension there. All right. I think uh, we got enough Kaiser and Dieter Hayden for this episode. Is there anything else you just want to talk about before we wrap it up here? Uh, I am not optimistic for the future of the Kansas City Chiefs whatsoever. Wow. This really turned into a doom and gloom podcast real quick. Well, because it is like ever since we lost the Super Bowl, like I've just been like so depressed and looking at the future of this team. If we don't win it next year, I don't think we're going to again. Like and that, so every move we make this offseason, I'm going to like put under the microscope and probably be pissed if it's a crappy move. And, you know, I'm the type of guy who even watches the practice squad. I care about all 63 players who are under contract. And, you know, I've, I, I was kind of, I feel like the boy who cried wolf sort of uh, sometimes, or more so chicken little. I know I'm getting kind of uh, wild with the analogies here, but I remember back when we traded for Cam Irving with a fifth round pick, People are like, oh, that fifth round pick probably wouldn't turn into anybody anyway. Uh, it's not a big deal. I don't know who the fifth round pick turned into, but I know there's a lot of good players that get taken in the fifth round. Uh, but Cam Irving was a complete liability. So I was right. These bottom of the roster moves matter. And uh, that's like half of these uh, moves we just talked about are bottom of the roster moves. So folks, Pay attention to the bottom of the roster moves and don't be so damn dismissive of them because they matter. Good rant. God, I, I hate this fan base. Like, I'll openly say that. I genuinely hate the 2020s Kansas City Chiefs fan base. It wasn't like this before Mahomes got here and there are a bunch of bandwagons, but I genuinely hate this fan base. They're just so frustrating. Well, I think that's all the time we got for this episode. <laughs> I think we've been going for almost an hour now, probably maybe over an hour, which is just the first time we've done that in a long time, I think. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Make sure you check out www.showmefootball.com for more. Follow us on Twitter at ShowMeFB. That's all we got for today. Peace.